This video is brought to you by Mubi, a curated streaming service that premieres a new film every day. I am with you, flat on your back, helpless, tender. Are Paul Thomas Anderson's love stories toxic? Or is the line between toxic and true love less clear-cut than we like to think? Anderson's 2021 film Licorice Pizza is a coming-of-age and unconventional love story between Gary Valentine and Alana Kane that makes some viewers uncomfortable. Not only can the two characters act jealous and immature, but Gary is also underage while Alana is 10 years older. I don't need you to tell me whether I'm cool or not, old lady. If we look at Anderson's filmography overall, though, his romantic storylines are full of red flags, inappropriateness, obsession, and an overriding sense of uneasiness. They're not endorsements of bad behavior, a how-to manual, or some kind of pro-toxic statement, but they present a portrait of love that entails accepting the good, the bad, and the ugly in another person, seeing all of your partner's flaws, and adoring them anyway. Let's make a deal. Okay. I'll tell you everything, and you tell me everything." And as toxic on paper or toxic period as some of these couplings may be, they can also feel, well, functional in their own weird way. These movies' outlook on romance may jar with popular contemporary messaging that it's essential to draw firm boundaries about correct behavior and reject any potential partner who sets off alarm bells. But in reality, Anderson's movies suggest it might not always be so simple to separate the love from the messy person who comes with it. Here's our take on Licorice Pizza's romance and the philosophy of love expressed in Anderson's films, how it's an uneasy process of accepting someone warts and all, but still the thing that makes you feel life is worth running toward. If you're new here, be sure to subscribe and hit the bell to be notified about all of our new videos. about love usually aren't that honest about what relationships are really like. Rom-coms give the audience a meet-cute, a big romantic gesture, and a happily ever after. And they might talk about how love's imperfect and messy. You like someone because of all of their qualities, and you love someone despite some of their qualities. But give us sanitized, cutesy versions of what that looks like. You're a sore winner, and you use too many exclamation points. And yet? Meanwhile, characters who behave in any less cute or wrong ways are villains to be rejected and cut out of our lives. Anderson's movies are often about fraught interpersonal relationships, and while they aren't always love stories, the ones that do deal with romantic love can be uncomfortably truthful and non-judgmental about the ups, downs, and compromises of falling and staying in love. Here are some of the toxic hallmarks of romance we can see in Anderson's movies, specifically Magnolia, Punch Drunk Love, Phantom Thread, and Licorice Pizza. First of all, these relationships are full of red flags. The possible relationship we see starting to form in Magnolia is between Jim, the awkward policeman played by John C. Riley, and Claudia, a woman struggling with addiction played by Melora Walters. In this courtship, we witness a cop asking a woman out on a date when he's answering a call about a disturbance at her house. I wouldn't mind coming back. You don't get it? Look at your pretty face again. An addict possibly jumping into a new relationship before she's resolved or even really addressed her drug problem, and a lot of impulsive behavior from both parties. Anderson's next film, Punch Drunk Love, his first full love story, stars a hero, Barry Egan, who's prone to violent rages. Though he breaks property rather than hurting people, he's clearly suffering from enormous amounts of pain and anxiety that he hasn't developed appropriate coping mechanisms for. Sometimes I cry a lot. 
In a way, Punch Drunk Love is Anderson changing the tone of certain behaviors we're used to seeing glossed over and made cute in conventional romantic stories. The film implicitly reveals how alarming and scary the slapstick violence in many of star Adam Sandler's broader comedies would actually come across as in real life. Punch Drunk Love doesn't soften Barry's more startling behavior, while at the same time it doesn't suggest that this disturbingness undermines or discounts the authentic feeling love we're seeing form between Barry and Lena. As Anderson's career goes on, we even see more troubling, persistent red flags in the romantic relationships his films study. Reynolds, Woodcock, and Phantom Thread can be manipulative, cruel, and withholding. The tea is going out. The interruption is staying right here with me. And his wife, Alma, manages this behavior by slipping toxic mushrooms into his food and drink, making him seriously ill so he's more dependent on her. Even in Licorice Pizza, perhaps Anderson's warmest and sweetest movie, there is an undercurrent of unwholesomeness because of the age gap. Gary is 15 while Alana is around 25. It even led to online speculation about whether their connection amounts to grooming, abuse, or pedophilia. We're not calling it what it is, which is like preying on a child. <laughs> There's a pervasive unease for the audience watching these relationships, one that's in stark contrast with more typical love stories formulaic palatable telling, which can make even objectively creepier behavior feel sweet and safe. Through Punch Drunk Love's percussive score, the family and workplace environments it depicts, and Barry's inability to express himself with mature control, the movie creates an atmosphere where the audience is constantly afraid something bad is going to happen. Stop treating me this way! Give me your number! I'll Kill you. In Magnolia, Jim blatantly disregards the rights of a black woman and escalates the situation before his next call puts him at Claudia's doorstep. At this point, the audience might be concerned to see he's attracted to her, since it's been established that he'll transgress rules he's supposed to uphold as an officer. At the end of the film, once Claudia abandons Jim on their date, what is it? What is it? Please. It's okay. Just let me Please. go. Jim goes back to her apartment, a choice which could easily be read as inappropriate in another context. In Phantom Thread, Reynolds' mercurial moods, the power imbalance between them, and Alma's desperation to understand him give the movie an undercurrent of unsettled tension. And Licorice Pizza has harrowing moments in addition to its age gap, like when Alana and Gary are placed in visceral danger as they must navigate a massive truck down a hill without gasoline. Third, Anderson's romances look at how love may involve an uncomfortable degree of obsession. How I Met Your Mother has a joke about the Dobler-Dahmer line, i.e. that a romantic gesture is either sweet or crazy depending on whether the recipient of the gesture likes the person back. If both people are into each other, a big romantic gesture works. But if one person isn't into the other, the same gesture comes off serial killer crazy or Dahmer. Anderson's romances implicitly push this theory to its limits through characters whose obsessive behavior might seem like it belongs on the unfavorable side of the Dobler-Dahmer line, except that it is received favorably by a lover. Barry decides to follow Lena on her business trip to Hawaii not long after they've met. I'm standing in my hotel room. Yeah? Yeah, I, 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 I just, I'm here on my business trip. Gary's pursuit of Alana is persistent despite her initial lack of interest. Reynolds assertively breezes in and upends Alma's whole life due to his fixation on her, but then starts to lose interest and leaves her emotionally adrift, feeling she must make a drastic move to regain power over him. Both Barry and Reynolds have a deeper obsessiveness in their personalities. Barry's fixated on earning a lifetime of free flights by purchasing hundreds of pudding cups. Hey, what's with all this pudding? What is this? Oh, that's part of a pretty amazing airline promotional giveaway that's really tremendous. Reynolds has a complicated obsession with his mother, as well as a single-minded devotion to maintaining the relevance and standing of the House of Woodcock. Neither is really pushed to formally treat or fix their pathologies, and in other movies, these unapologetically flawed men probably wouldn't be deemed romantic hero material. 
perhaps some argue they shouldn't be. But while mainstream romances often glamorize the more euphoric elements of love, Anderson's movies aren't shy about reminding us of love's unpleasant truths, that not everything between couples in love is always going to appear safe, appropriate, or picturesque when judged from an outside perspective. As easy as it is to talk about deal-breakers and rejecting what's unacceptable, that actual line of what we will accept from a partner isn't always clear and might not be where we thought it was. If you want to continue exploring the nuances of love, you should check out some of the beautiful love stories now playing on MUBI. As a special gift to our viewers, MUBI is offering 30 days free. Just click the link in the description below to start streaming now. If you're not sure where to begin, I recommend streaming to The Wonder. Terrence Malick's 2012 drama follows Neil, a man torn between two great loves, Marina, a European woman who decides to join him in the US, and Jane, his childhood sweetheart. The film features transcendent performances from Ben Affleck, Rachel McAdams, and Olga Kurlenko, and its exploration of love and desire will haunt you long after it's over. If you're anything like me these days, you may be totally uninspired and stuck when it comes to figuring out what to watch next. Subscribing to MUBI completely fixes that. Their team of curators handpicks every film they show, so there's always something new to discover. They seriously love movies as much as we do, so their recommendations are always top-notch. Click the link in the description below to get 30 days of MUBI now. It's important to remember that Anderson's movies aren't providing models for how to behave in a romantic relationship. He's certainly not advocating for people to poison their partners or for 25-year-olds to consider whether they might start dating teenagers. Portraying a fictional, complicated relationship is not condoning or endorsing it, and much of the best storytelling investigates the complexity of human behavior without reductively forcing it to serve a one-dimensional message or judgment. Still, Anderson's more romantically focused movies do have happy or hopeful endings in some form, and they're not ultimately about the perils of a toxic relationship. Sometimes I jump ahead in our life together. And I see a time near the end when everything is settled. So why aren't these romances cautionary tales, even if they sound that way on paper? Here are some reasons these relationships may be more functional than they first appear. The characters understand each other. Across his movies, Anderson's characters tend to live on the outskirts of a normal life. Yet what separates Barry Egan, Reynolds Woodcock, Alana Kane, and Gary Valentine from Anderson's most difficult, bleak antiheroes is that they find partners who get them. Alma finds Reynolds frustrating, even maddening, but she intuitively grasps and respects his finale devotion to his work. She does deserve it. It's your work. His fussiness is presented to her immediately when she takes his breakfast order as a waitress, and she later admires the beauty of the clothing he makes. Even when she poisons him, she's not asking him to give up that obsessive attention to detail which partly defines him. She's just asking him to periodically submit to her care so that she can be a loving partner to him in the way she needs to, which isn't possible during periods when he's consumed by his work. Sometimes it's good for him to slow down his steps a little. There's a similar understanding in Meeting in the Middle and Licorice Pizza. Gary is a precocious kid who starts to grow out of his childhood acting career, while Alana feels immature and stunted as a 20-something woman who still doesn't have a career, a partner, or other signifiers of adult life. What's your future look like? I don't know. 
While they have different specific interests and outlooks, they share a yearning for something different than what they're working through. And though it's not always verbalized, an intuitive, mutual understanding of feeling like a kid in an adult world. It's why, thematically speaking, they're closer together than their ages indicate. Another thing that makes Anderson's romances sort of functional is that the partners accept each other's flaws. Understanding each other also means making peace with the shortcomings that could make someone seem like a less-than-ideal partner. In Anderson's movies, characters connect by not attempting to hide their weirdness or quickly fix their bad habits. In Magnolia, the tumultuous first date between Jim and Claudia is fueled by Claudia's desire to be honest with each other, despite being nearly strangers. Whatever you think might scare me won't. There's also a radical honesty in Punch Drunk Love, when Barry and Lena are in bed together. As they express their feelings in weird graphic images of the horrible things they want to do to each other. I'm gonna chew your face and I'm gonna scoop out your eyes and... Okay. The movie's palpable anxiety gives way to a surprise feeling of comfort and even joy. This is funny. Yeah. This is nice. While they both seem to know that the other is not seriously planning to commit violent acts, there's a catharsis from being able to say alarming things to each other without judgment. Meanwhile, Phantom Thread is an incisive portrait of how sometimes, in a long-term relationship, partners may detest certain habits and quirks in each other. They may even notice things they can do to intentionally drive each other up a wall. Yet in the end, the peace they form isn't through abstaining from these annoying behaviors, but through finding a way to allow for each one's bizarre hang-ups while meeting each other's needs. Kiss me, my girl, before I'm sick. Countering this radical other acceptance, the characters often do undergo self-improvement as a result of love, becoming less isolated and volatile and more flexible and generous. This illuminates a surprising truth of human behavior. We do change for the people we love, but that change has to come from within. And it's often as a result of feeling unconditionally loved and not being pushed to alter oneself. The fact that this acceptance is mutual is also a key difference between Anderson's romances and movies where a romantic partner becomes an idealized love object, or a vehicle for the healing of their troubled partner. See, I have a gift. Special ability to help men with problems. Anderson's romances also reveal that being open to love is half the battle. The fundamental difference between Anderson's characters who find love and those who don't is a willingness to connect with another person. Claudia from Magnolia behaves erratically, and at one point decides she's too broken to enter into any kind of relationship with Jim. You're gonna find stuff out about me and you're gonna hate me. But in the final scene of the movie, we see Jim coming to meet her at her apartment. This choice shows a dedication that again could seem creepy in another movie, Yet the reality is that kind of dedication and persistence is often needed to keep relationships going. Claudia mirrors that openness by simply being willing to hear him out. By having the sound obscured by an Amy Mann song and focusing on Claudia's face deciding to be receptive to this person, Anderson underlines what he's saying is for her, not us. And it's less the content of his words than her ability to bond with another person that may help her to heal. Early in Punch Drunk Love, Barry tries to avoid dating setups from his overbearing and sometimes cruel sisters. Is your friend here? No. You're off the hook, Barry. You can make it. Thank you. It's an unsuccessful attempt to keep his more antisocial or troubling characteristics hidden from them and others. But through his blossoming relationship with Lena, he comes to see how much more fulfilling his life might be with a partner, and how much strength that connection gives him. I have a love in my life. It makes me stronger than anything you can imagine. Anderson's movies also understand that real connections are not easy to find or make. 
So when and in whatever form they do show up, they need to be cherished and protected. That's part of why the relatively open-ended final scenes of Licorice Pizza play as extremely heartwarming, despite the age difference and the fact that even the movie's star Alana Haim said she isn't sure how long the story's relationship will last. As Gary and Alana reunite again, the movie returns to moments from earlier in the movie, clips of them running toward each other, a recurring visual motif. In these moments, their aimless lives gain direction and purpose. These films capture how the experience of real love can feel like a superpower, radically adding to one's sense of self. Meanwhile, the characters in Anderson's more tragic movies are very much defined by their inability to open themselves up to love. Whether it's Daniel Plainview professing his intense misanthropy, I hate most people or Freddie Quell feeling as if his true love is lost somewhere in the past and impossible to retrieve. Doc Sportello in Inherent Vice isn't quite as far gone as plain viewer Quell, but he's also a sadder, less assured figure than Anderson's true romantic leads. And it's easy to trace Doc's ambivalence to his unresolved feelings for his ex-girlfriend Shasta. Doc ran through all the things he hadn't asked Shasta. The relationships in Paul Thomas Anderson's movies are heightened, just as the films themselves have surreal, operatic, or dreamlike elements. Still, there are some realistic takeaways about love across these films, ones which often run counter to other romantic movies or modern conventional wisdom. Love is dangerous. The tension and dread that buzzes through Anderson's movies acknowledges that the world is full of danger. Finding love doesn't eliminate that danger, and love brings its own dangers. Phantom Thread, Inherent Vice, and Licorice Pizza put their characters into threat of physical harm while they're in love, and Punch Drunk Love feels like it could explode into tragedy at any moment. Okay. All I want is a number. That should be goddamn good enough for you. Now give me the number. Okay. You hear me? Yes. I'm sick of this shit. Very Stop treating me this way. Give me a number. I'll Kill you. Plenty of romantic comedies pay lip service to the idea of risking it all for love, but Anderson's movies actually evoke that feeling of risk. At the same time, they suggest love is a necessary and important risk you must undertake to fully experience life, and the only true relief from all that tension, dread, and aggression. Love can be weird. Another classic romantic movie theme is the idea that love is messy and imperfect, but big studio rom-coms may not be especially good at conveying that messiness without resorting to cute quirks, or easily solvable problems. Especially in today's more conscious climate, some filmmakers may worry about appearing to endorse toxic behavior or imply that their audience should settle for less. Yet Anderson feels committed to exploring just how flawed his characters are and how strange any love affair might appear to the outside. I think perhaps you should telephone that boy doctor of yours just in case. But it's not settling. While they're accepting of personal imperfection, these movies also aren't encouraging people to settle or tough things out when a relationship is without compatibility. They illustrate how committed partners need to fit together in both their imperfections and their best selves. Love takes work. In Magnolia, Punch Drunk Love, Phantom Thread, and Licorice Pizza, none of the couples come together effortlessly. Love requires sacrifice and trust from each party, whether the challenge is submitting to our fear of rejection. I'm really nervous that you're gonna hate me soon. Grappling with a partner's exceedingly high expectations, going to lengths to care for them, making oneself vulnerable, or surrendering control. Love is not guaranteed. Often these movies end without any assurance that things will remain happily ever after, and they might not peek too far into the characters' futures. Sometimes it's downright difficult to tell how well-suited they'll be for each other over the long term. Alma and Reynolds are apparently establishing a routine that they'll repeat to sustain their marriage, but it's also implied that one of these times she could kill him. If it didn't wake up from this, how matter? Thank you for coming. 
For I know he'd be waiting for me in the afterlife. Punch Drunk Love feels closer to a romantic happily ever after. Yet it ends just after Barry and Lena set boundaries for the first time in their relationship. And Magnolia ends with Claudia looking at the camera and smiling, indicating that she may be open to some kind of tentative future with Jim. These aren't exactly ambiguous endings, but they're open. By contrast, an ending like There Will Be Bloods is definitive. I'm finished. There will be no love, redemption, or peace in Daniel Plainview's life. For these characters who have found love, nothing is guaranteed to last. Yet there is possibility, and life feels open now. And it's authentic to remind us that love is never a fixed entity you possess for good, but always evolving, requiring ongoing attention and effort. Nothing in life is guaranteed, but love, perhaps least of all. Anderson's films seem to say that love is not what we'd expect but it is what we need. In the moment we find them, these characters have that trust and understanding, which is what romance really is. Everything around that may seem messy, turbulent, off-putting, or odd, but this mixed bag of love, how the bad also comes with the good, seems to be Anderson's point. After all, real love is nothing like it seems in the movies. You see, to be in love with him makes life no great mystery. This is The Take on your favorite movie shows and culture. Subscribe so you can watch all of our videos.